0: Welcome to Mini Magic, the kids' podcast where we talk about magic, witches, spells, and whatever else you want. Hi, everybody. You're listening to episode 16 of Mini Magic. I'm your host, Andy, and we have an interview episode today that I am so excited to share because it is all about kitchen witchcraft. We're going to start talking more about types of witches. Some people choose to label themselves as a certain type of witch based on their interest, like a green witch or a kitchen witch. Now, like many things, this is in no way required. Some people just like this way of thinking about things. Some people like to just call themselves a witch. Some people say that they're an eclectic witch. Eclectic means a mashup of a bunch of different things taken and put together. So while there are these categories that we will talk about over the next several weeks, you don't have to fall into one of them and you might even fall into more than one. You might hear something that sounds exactly like what you're into and want to learn more about. So we're going to begin with one of the types of magic that's mentioned in my first book, Brina, a pagan picture book, and that is kitchen witchcraft. I'm going to let the expert do the talking and play the interview with a real live kitchen witch. Hey, listeners, we are here today with Madge LaRue. She is a kitchen witch that I know from TikTok and Instagram, and she is going to be telling us all about kitchen witchcraft and her particular brand of magic. Before we start, Madge, I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself briefly.
1: Sure. My name is Madge LaRue. Um, As you mentioned, I have a presence on TikTok and Instagram, and I live in Minnesota with my family, my child, and my dog, and um, yeah, I just practice kitchen witchery, and I'm really passionate about sharing that craft with people.
0: Yeah, you have so many cool videos that I have learned a lot from, so just to start us off, I was wondering, in your own words, how do you personally define kitchen witchcraft, and what? is it?
1: Sure. So for me, Kitchen Witchcraft really centers around the theme of how we nourish ourselves and the magic that we can find in that energy and in having an understanding of the food that we're consuming. And a large part of it centers around cooking and being in the kitchen, preparing your food, having that connection. But we can also go further from that and really think of uh, nourishment as it prevails anytime that we're interacting with food um, and the energies that go along with that. So having meals with your friends and your family, the energy that that can bring and really appreciating um, how that plays into our daily life.
0: Okay. So are we, we're mostly talking about food when we say kitchen witchcraft or are there, are there other things that extend further than that in terms of kitchen witchcraft?
1: I think there are a lot of ways that uh, kitchen witchery kind of permeates to, you know, our entire home
0: and our relationship with the earth
1: as well. You can pull in a lot of green witchery with kitchen witchcraft if we look at the process of growing our food, um, you know, going back to nature and whether it's heading out to an orchard or having a garden um, and appreciating that whole cycle of food in that process, but there's also an element of hearth witchcraft, which is sort of the broader theme of magic in the home. And I like to think of kitchen witchery as sort of a, a piece of that. And for me, it's a very central piece of my hearth witchcraft practice, because I find a lot of love and comfort in the kitchen and with food, um, but it's a great way to really center your, your home and your heart um, around that area that nourishes us, which would be the kitchen.
0: Yeah. When you say hearth witchcraft, just for people listening, what do you, could you just give a broad definition of what that means?
1: Sure. Um, so I would define hearth witchcraft as kind of that broader magic in the home. Um, and you can go through many different areas of your home from the bedroom to the bathroom, the laundry, and just sort of, um, incorporating magic into your daily life and your home and really having that be this safe, powerful place. Um, And I think it's a really beautiful craft that helps us connect every day. sometimes when we think of witchcraft, we think of doing very elaborate or intentional or large workings and spellcraft. And that can be really amazing, but it can be exhausting as well. And so I think hearth witchcraft, um, home witchcraft, kitchen witchcraft, you know, these are things that we're doing every day. We're at home, we're living in this space, and so appreciating it understanding the energy in your home and your safe spaces and working on that to really make that um, something that you can tap into every day is amazing.
0: Yeah. I love that, especially for kids and parents who are already in the home, already preparing meals every day, already doing all of these things that there are these opportunities in the day already to incorporate things. So could you give us maybe some examples of ways to use kitchen witchcraft or types of spells or magic that you can do with it?
1: Yeah. So I think there are three things that you can consider for kitchen witchcraft, um, ways to kind of practice that. So the first would be in the actions that we have when we're cooking or when we're eating food. So one of the simplest things you can do is stirring your intentions into something, whether it's, you know, stirring a pot of soup, um, and kind of stirring and being intentional with what you hope it's going to accomplish or achieve so pursuit maybe it's healing energies um or you could be stirring you know your morning tea or coffee um it's a very easy thing to do the other thing we can look at are ingredients so understanding the energies that are correlated with the different foodstuffs that we're eating um there's a ton of information that you can find on that. And so being um, aware of the energy of the ingredients of the dish is a very easy thing to do. And then the last thing that I think a lot of people uh, forget to do or maybe overlook is the theme of transformation when we're cooking. So, you know, with bread making, when the dough is rising, what does that represent to you? That can be a great way to kind of lift your intention or lift your spell if you're making bread Um, or caramelizing things, you know, even putting bread in a toaster, toasting that bread adds a little bit of caramelization and sweetness to it. So you can think of that as a way to bring some sweetness or some positive energy into your life. So you can really play with those three different ways to look at kitchen witchcraft and have it be as intensive or as simple as you
0: want. Oh my gosh, super, super interesting. So, are there any, when we talk about like herbs and ingredients, like you mentioned specifically, are there any ingredients or foods or things that we might already be using in the kitchen that have magical properties that we just haven't identified?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, everything is going to have a magical property. And I think there are things that we use frequently and we use them for a purpose and it's unintentionally or intentionally sort of a magical purpose that we're accomplishing so things like tea maybe if we have tea before bed especially chamomile with a little bit of honey in it those are all very calming relaxing nurturing um, and so it's going to help you sleep and you know it's got the the physical property of being able to do that but also the energy that goes along with it things like soup that you know we have the very strong energies of healing, nurturing, um, especially maternal or parental love and connection. If we have memories of our parents making a soup when we were sick, Um, you know, you can tap into those sorts of associations and food memories and incorporate that energy. And then beyond that, you know, if we look at frequently used ingredients in the kitchen, um, I think vanilla in baking, super prevalent. We use that in Almost anything you're going to bake, and vanilla brings such strong love energies, which is so appropriate for sweet things. Um, so I think even just tapping into that and you know being intentional when you add that dash of vanilla is a really beautiful thing to do. Um, I'm also a huge fan of ginger, which I think you know we Me can too. use a lot. Yeah, well, it's delicious, um, and you can use it sweet or savory. Even you know ginger ale, um, making your own ginger syrup is a very easy thing to do to make your own homemade ginger ale, but ginger is an ingredient that adds a lot of energy and so it's a wonderful thing to tap into to kind of boost the energy of everything else that you're doing um, in a spell and so it can help elevate and warm up you know your ingredients it can help warm up your energy um, so maybe you're a little bit more mindful or charged when you're doing your spell craft um, and it's also just delicious <laughs> so um, i think that's something that it's a very easy thing to work into Uh, kitchen witchcraft.
0: Do you have a favorite, maybe one of those or maybe something else, but do you have a a favorite ingredient to use in kitchen witchcraft?
1: Yeah. So I, like I said, I do love vanilla and ginger. Those are two of my favorite things. Um, I'm also a huge fan of basil, which I think just brings a lot of abundance and prosperity and happiness. Um, It's just a very happy little herb for me. And I grow it in my garden every summer and it explodes and so for me I have a very personal connection I feel like with my basil in that capacity because it does so well that it really just has this lovely energy of abundance for me um, so I use that a ton and I, I save it over the winter I trim all my stocks and dry them in my basement and then uh, can use that through the winter to kind of connect with that feeling of summer and I think that's a really um, lovely thing to do as well is to you know, have your herb garden in the summer if you can, or have, you know, herbs inside um, and do a little kitchen window garden and have that connection um, with those ingredients and kind of see, you know, do you have a a certain herb that you're really drawn to or that does really well in your home and you really jive with that energy? Because I think those personal connections with our food and our personal preferences with food kind of tell us, you know, where does my energy really align and and what ingredients do I really click with? And really can I tap into that energy and, and feel a little extra boost when I eat them or when I use them?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, we have a little herb garden outside in our backyard and we put them in all around the same time and all around the same size and the oregano has just, has just gone wild. So I will look up what that means. Um, So what we're starting to kind of talk about in this, what will be a series of types of witches is these categories that exist, you know, kitchen witchcraft, green witchcraft. Um, We did an episode on sea witches and sea witchcraft. So I'm wondering, how did you know that you were a kitchen witch? Is this something that you decided on and a path that you decided to pursue? Or is it something that you felt... Predestined to, or guided to, or like it was already happening.
1: Uh, you know, I think I, I've always been very passionate about food and cooking, and it's something that I really enjoy. And so, it just seemed like a path or a um, an area of magic and connection that really resonated with something that I was already very interested in. Um, and I think you know that holds true for a lot of different witchcraft. Uh, practices or areas that I engage in it's just something that I've always felt drawn to or I enjoy or it just brings me happiness or peace in some capacity and so I want to pursue that more so kitchen witchery or green witchery um you know those are all things that I really enjoy and they feed my energy and um when I'm doing something that I enjoy, I tend to really want to do it well or you know, be really interested in learning more about it, as opposed to other forms of witchcraft that I'm maybe not so interested in. You know, it's hard to um, push myself to do more work on learning about them because I'm just sort of um, not. I don't feel as as fed by them as I do things that I'm already passionate about. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I, yes, I totally agree. And I feel the same way. And whenever people tell me, you know, I don't know how to start out or there's so much information that I'm, I'm overwhelmed of which, which topic to look at first. I'm like, pick what you're really, really super interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Agree.
1: And I will say on that too, though, I have, um, on occasion when people say, you know, I love the idea of kitchen witchery, but I can't cook, so I can't be a kitchen witch. Um, you know, I think my response to that is always, but you eat food, right? Um, and I think that's, you know, again, what kitchen witchery for me is about is that process of nourishing ourselves. And I think that's also I, something that really had me dive in further into kitchen witchery is when I made the decision that I need to be kinder with my body and the way that I'm taking care of myself and the way that, you know, I view my relationship with food and how I want to nourish myself. And so kitchen witchery for me was a, really a way to do a better job of self-care and having a good relationship with myself and my body and the food relationship that I wanted to have.
0: Beautiful. Do you have any tips for maybe kids that want to pursue kitchen witchery? I know you mentioned some of the easy ways to get started, like stirring, just kids can do to get their hands in it. Yeah, I think,
1: you know, an easy thing to um, look at too would be um, the food that you're already eating and that you enjoy, you know, try to sit down and identify, either the memories or the energy that you associate that. So, you know, ice cream, what does ice cream do for you? What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Um, do you have memories with ice cream? And just kind of figuring out what that relationship for you is, I think is a good practice for your favorite meals or your family meals. Um, and it's something that you can continue to grow and evolve over time and kind of make your own little kitchen witchery cookbook, essentially, um, of your favorite foods or the foods that, you know, if you're feeling sad, what do you want to eat? What makes you feel better? What comforts you? Um, So I think just doing that internal work and not so much focusing on, you know, finding out, is this the right correspondence for this herb, but having the, the understanding of, you know, what do I associate this with? Um, what does this feel like to me? And um, another thing that you can do is just experiment with cooking in general. Um, you know, I think one, it's a great life skill to have, to be able to feel comfortable in a kitchen. Um, and two, you just kind of get more comfortable with the ingredients that you're using and how they work together.
0: Yes, I know. Hard agree again on the correspondences. That's something that We talked about, um, we did an episode on color magic and how there are these common um, or accepted correspondences, but that if something doesn't resonate with you or you feel something's different, then whatever you feel is going to work for you is what's going to be the best. Right. Right. Before we close out, I have just one more question. I know that part of your personal practice as a kitchen witch involves um deity worship. I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about that because it's something we haven't talked a ton about, but we'll be starting to talk about more.
1: Absolutely. Um so I honor deities that are related to the home and family. Um one of the most well-known ones in that capacity is Hestia um, and she's sort of really associated with the home, the hearth. Um, there's a a phrase that, you know, it's Hestia first and last. Um, so she was the first to receive offerings and should be the last to kind of have the last bite of things as well. Um, so she's one that I work with frequently and she's probably about the longest um, home and hearth deity that I've worked with. Um, the other piece of my practice is kind of the um, the area of household guardians which are not so much deity work but kind of um, spirit work or energy work and there's a lot of folklore traditions that go along with that um, so we see that a lot of uh, Scandinavian folklore so Tomta or Nisa um, being these household guardians that protect the home and the family um, but you do need to Work with them and honor them and, and be respectful of that space but really the goal with a lot of household deity and spirit work is just to protect that space and to bring in that um, home energy and one of the ways to do that is to you know try to keep your home clean tidy comfortable a safe space for you um, and just a, a space to to hold space for um, deities or spirits that are going to help you achieve that.
0: Yes, I hope that everyone heard that that if you keep your room and your house clean <laughs> it is it has its own magical worth. there you go. Um, yes, my seven year old we had a baby last year, and my seven year old calls him a Kikimora like a like a Kikimora, uh-huh. which is like a household a Slavic household spirit and um she thought it was so funny. He was kicking his little legs and she came up with that. And I was like, you're making the right types of jokes. I'm proud. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much for being here and teaching us all about kitchen witchcraft. I think that we all learned a lot. I know I learned things that I didn't know. And yeah, what a wonderful interview.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: My name is Leland, I'm eight years old. My question is, why are plants magic? Hi Leland, thank you for the fantastic question. The short answer is that plants are magic because they are made up of energy, just like we are as people. Each unique plant contains a unique energy signature Just like an individual person has their own unique flavor or style of magic. But like we referred to Madge in learning about kitchen witchcraft, this is one of those topics where I'm also going to refer to an expert. I want to read you just a few lines out of the book, The Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, written by Scott Cunningham. He writes, some materials contain higher concentrations of power than others. These include plants, gems, and metals. Each substance also contains a different type of power or vibrational rate. The vibrations of a piece of pine wood, for example, are far different from those of a perfect faceted diamond. Herb magic, then, is the use of herbs or plants to cause needed changes. These plants contain energies, each as distinct as human faces. Herb magic is easy because the powers, i.e. the vibrations, lie in the herbs themselves. I hope that helped to answer your question, and I hope that you and everyone else will join us next week. Thanks for listening. Mini Magic is produced by Moondust Press. You can find more books, worksheets, and information online at moondustpress.com and on social media at Moondust Press. You can pre-order our newest book, Sunday the Sea Witch, online at sundaytheseawitch.com.